0: Fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to India's first and only Freemasonic podcast, The Ashler's, a unique podcast that is hosted by masons aiming to share information and the timeless wisdom around Freemasonry with the rest of the world, thus sharing the light of masonry far and wide. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions shared by the hosts and participants on The Ashler's is solely their own and thus do not represent any official positions or proclamations of any Grand Lords thereof. Be assured that best efforts have been made to keep the conversations and presentations on the level for brethren and non-Masons alike. Hello and welcome everyone to yet another episode of The Ashlers. This is season 2 episode 12 and a very interesting topic from a very interesting author. Uh, so this one is titled The Point Within a Circle. In case um, some of our listeners are wondering what is that, I would say go ahead and do a Google search and that will give you some semblance of an idea of what that is let me tell you this symbol is deceptively simple there's a lot more to it and in this wonderful paper our very own worshipful brother Rinesh Hegde and my co-host on this uh, this podcast uh, has done a very good job of elaborating on precisely that particular uh, symbol so with that I would hand it over to Rinesh to do the honours and talk about his wonderful paper. Rinesh, over to you.
1: Hey, thank you very much, Shishir. I like the word which you used, deceptively simple. Because when you think of the word, the point within a circle, now, uh, for the folks who obviously want to just draw something, they will just draw a circle and put a point somewhere. Uh, chances are, 90% of the time, they would definitely put the circle somewhere in the centre. Uh, uh However, that is exactly what it is. Like, if you're trying to think about, or if you haven't been able to Google it by the time you're actually listening to this part, there is a circle and there is a point. The point is the center. Now, why are we talking about something which is, as uh, Shishir mentioned, deceptively simple? The point within a circle is one of the many symbols which we have in Freemasonry. And Freemasonry is known to adopt, collect, and uh, what, do you, what should I say? Enjoy these symbols or explain these symbols in a manner which no other organization would have ever done. There are not hundreds, there are thousands of symbols which we have in Freemasonry and each one of them are very interesting. So we thought, why don't we just delve into these things? And that is exactly what Shishir and I are trying to do today with this paper, which is about the
0: point within the circle. So Tanish, you mentioned that Freemasonry has got thousands of symbols. Now, I being one of uh, of the Masons myself, I'm not surprised, but I'm Mm -hmm. sure our listeners who may not be Masons or who are probably new into Masonry would be wondering that, what the hell? So many symbols, what are we doing with all that? So why don't you elaborate a little
1: bit about that? The interesting part is, as we all know, Freemasonry is not something which started some 50 years back or 75 years or 100 years back. It started more than 300 years back. And now imagine the world at that time, you obviously have uh, certain knowledge, uh, which is available, you have maybe schools or a type of a school, whatever that was called at that time, or an institution which used to actually give you that knowledge. Now, the problem is not everybody was actually able to do that. See, the government or the monarchs at that time, which was not like everybody had an access to education or to such knowledge freely and readily. So obviously these things were a bit curtailed. Now, the point is, when you think about symbols, you ensure that you're able to give more information. As very rightly said by somebody, a picture speaks more than words. Now imagine the entire discussion which we are having today. And on the other hand, you just have this symbol. Now either you can understand that symbol or you can actually listen to the entire thing, which is what you will do. Now in this aspect, pre-masonry concentrated on the symbols in a very simple reason because the moment i tell you what to do you will either try to understand copy or do something about it or in that process it might get muddled it might get changed whereas a symbol right it still remains the same yes i can i totally agree that the definition of that symbol might change but the symbol still remains the same it is not altered now, that definition for Shishir would be different. The definition for Renee should be different. The definition for you would be different. But it will still be in the confines of that symbol. And that is exactly why Freemasonry always were interested in honing these symbols, adopting them, and adding values to it. Like, for example, somebody used to say, Why is symbol required? Why can't I just write words for it? I agree. But just imagine today when you're driving your car in a city or anywhere. Or rather, forget the the city, Uh, let's say a long distance traveling which you're doing from one state to the other state and you're going to cross over through some jungle or through a forest area. Now, in that process, you will suddenly see a marking which says animal crossing. They are not going to write animal crossing. They are just going to draw that symbol. And that automatically makes you slow down, realize that there are animals which are going to cross. So we need to be very careful. Now, imagine it. I am writing that. Imagine it is written in English and I do not know English. Or imagine it is written in the language of the state, and I do not know the language of the state. How difficult is that? On the other hand, that symbol is easier, explains everything, and that too,
0: in a short way. That's an interesting way to put it, And I'll just add one more thing to it. Hmm. If we, uh, you know, our ancient brethren, from a Freemasonry standpoint, or even if you just leave out masonry, so to speak, not a lot of people were educated right? So for them, how would they understand a concept? Well, the best way would be to have something which symbolizes a concept. So you have a symbol, someone looks at that and they know what it means. Like for example, uh, recently in India, the uh, new parliament was inaugurated and the, you know, great Indian seal was also shown to the public, right? Now that particular seal, isn't it? (laughs) So, that particular seal you show to any Indian and they know what it means. Exactly. No one needs to give them a paragraph Saying this is the seal uh, and here's the explanation. Not
1: required. Yeah, that, that, like the national emblem is this, there are four lines. Nothing of that. sort. you just see that and you understand it's a
0: national emblem. It's the seal of a country. Exactly. So same way, many countries have their own symbols and whatnot. So this symbolism, this symbology is prevalent even today. And for the very simple reason that an image is worth a thousand words or a picture is worth a thousand words, right? It, it, this is a perfect example of that. Um, So, now that being said, let me ask you this, Rinesh. So, out of the Hmm. thousands of symbols in masonry, why did you choose this particular one?
1: So, the point within a circle or uh, circumpunct is the other word for it. It's a symbol that was actually introduced to us, you and me, at least in the first degree. Uh, and when we saw that, it was a very simple, as you said, I, I somehow am going to bring back your two words which you used, deceptively simple uh, time and again in this uh, episode. So it was deceptively simple, but somewhere, as you mentioned, why did I choose it? Think about it. It is the most basic symbol which you can even think about. This is something, by the way, which you and I would have drawn even when we were kids, when our teacher would have told, let draw a point like draw draw one point and you're just drawing a point or they would have said draw a line they would have said draw a circle and just imagine bringing these three things together a point within a circle and some other attributes and then suddenly it becomes very interesting now in this episode you will actually get to know or rather what let's do this let's try to dissect it you take up one of these and i'll take up the other part and our listeners will actually understand why we, why at least I chose this symbol to write about it. Out of, the, I, I definitely wrote some other papers as well, but this was one which was very interesting because this is one of those symbols which is deceptively simple, and right in front of you, and it's still interesting.
0: And I would add by saying that it's also quite mysterious. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because you know I've heard interpretations by some people saying, "Oh, this is uh, uh, what do you say?" a replacement sign for the all seeing eye and whatnot <laughs> I mean, Guys, it's not yeah no. <laughs> because it kind of looks like that right the eyeball with the pupil right in the middle but uh... see see one more interpretation <laughs> yeah that's another interpretation now uh, all, all said and done uh this particular symbol is quite interesting one of the reasons is like rinesh mentioned it's very you know very simple to look at but as we go on through this paper you'll realize uh, the kind of meaning behind it and the profound reason why it is included and not just as a mason but even as a human being uh, how we can assimilate the the concept and the teachings behind this symbol in our everyday life so there is let me kick it off by bringing one technical term here and Inesh will elaborate on that Gurinesh, why don't you go ahead and talk about something called a circumpunct and uh, something about geometry
1: Hmm. So, as I said the circumpunct is one of the symbols that we were introduced in our first degree Now, uh, it's, it's as I said circum, which is the circumference and the punct That word itself is derived from the Latin word called punctum which means something that is pricked So there is a point and there is a circle to it the geometrical aspect of this is actually interesting. And I think, Shishu, let me just pause here and bring that geometrical aspect when we are trying to understand why this symbol came into the speculative notion. So let's do this first. You talk about the point first. And that will be something which everybody obviously understands. What is a point? Everybody knows. Even a child, when the first time, when they have a pen or something, they just like start drawing with obviously the point. Anything which we do starts with that point. So let's do that. Talk about the point.
0: I'll talk about the circle, and then we will bring them these, these two things together. Sounds like a plan. Now, listeners, let me pick up from where Rinesh mentioned about you know adding a point. Uh, think about it, and I remember uh, going back to my primary school mathematics class. Our ma'am said something which to to date uh, has stuck in my mind she uh, you know called one of the students and asked uh, her to draw a point now we were all kids but we knew what a point is because in nursery and you know class 1 2 3 and all we learned shapes so she told this child draw a point and this girl was confused and so were the rest of us we were wondering how does someone draw a point then she obviously understood that you know that is confusing and it was by her way of teaching. She told her, don't worry, just, you know, touch the blackboard with your chalk, piece." And this uh, student does that and she says, very good, go back to your seat. And then what she did next was what was profound. She took the chalk and added more points. She might have taken maybe a few seconds, but we had something that looked like a line. And then she told us this. Every single point when added together will create a line. When you add more lines, it creates a shape. And when you add even more such shapes, you get dimensions and so on and so forth. And that was mind blowing to me even back then. Now, just imagine the importance of a point in our own life. Let me take the example of, uh, say, fitness, right? Uh, we all think that uh, I need to lose weight. I need to gain some muscle. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to have six pack and whatnot. Well, everything starts with someone taking a very serious step, a very serious stand, saying that from today, this point on, at this from this second onwards, I will bring X, Y, Z changes in my life, and I'll stick to it. And then what happens? They might stick to it for maybe a few days some people it's even worse few hours and few weeks and then they go back to square one so they are not able to you know stick to that but what they don't realize having little goals little wins along the way uh, something simple saying that okay i will not uh, have white sugar in my diet anymore that is one little thing one little unit that you have decided to let go of you stick to just that for maybe 2-3 weeks and you get used to it and then you say next okay no more ordering from outside I will only eat stuff made at home That is your second point and you stick to that and then you take another stand another stand little by little and now all of a sudden all those few points together added up to you achieving your fitness goal right Just see how simple and yet uh, you know profound the effect is. Now the reason why I'm dwelling on this a little more and elaborating so much is because simple things in life are actually the ones that make a big difference because it's not just one simple thing that makes a difference, it is a collection of those simple things that come together. Now in Renesh's paper that is one of the things he talks about how you know these points come together and make shapes and whatnot. And one little thing about, uh, you know, that word, that Latin word, punctum, which means something which is pricked with a sharp instrument, for example. Um, if you think of the word puncture, right, the English word puncture, the root of that word puncture is nothing but punct or the point. So, you know, a short class in English... But English being a hybrid language you know, and, and a chimera of multiple languages, usually if you see the root of many words, you'll actually be able to trace it to some original language where it was derived from. So that was besides the point, but something interesting I thought I'd throw in. So with that, Rinesh, why don't you talk about the circle a little bit? Thank you very much. Um, guys, as you heard about the word point, which
1: literally starts everything. Now, in our olden Uh, times right like when uh, men were trying to figure out why they are in this world what is happening to them what exactly is going on around them they wanted to actually create symbols to represent it now if you actually would have noticed some of these rock paintings they would have definitely used these paintings to draw some things which they have seen circle has always been considered as a symbol of the deity and very simple reason being if you ever notice, a circle actually does not have a beginning nor an end. And that itself is something which makes them realize that that's what the DT is all about. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it is going to end. We are living in that, uh, in this world with the DT, maybe taking care of us or maybe just expecting us to take care of everything. Now, in that aspect, the circle became that kind of a symbol. And obviously also by the way if you notice like look at the sky and you see some of these uh, objects like sun or a moon what do they how do they look like they're a circle so obviously the olden time people would have actually tried paraphrasing that design into something which they were able to define on the ground which is just a circle in every culture a circle has been credited with protection the sun protects us by giving us warmth, by ensuring that it helps us to grow the crops. Moon protects us by giving the light at the time when it is required. There are countless instances of people, houses, places, crops, being protected by a simple means of drawing or creating a circle around them. Now, if you actually notice that even in uh, the great book Ramayana, There is something called as a Lakshman Rekha a line which was drawn in front of the house to ensure that no evil comes inside the house nor is there uh, nor does the good thing which is inside the house goes out now forgetting the story aspect we do that exact today we actually have a gate in front of our house we have boundaries around our house so that we ensure that things which are not right does not come inside and that is exactly where the overall aspect of circle comes in That same circle, the same line which we have been talking about, which protects us from the outside world, that virtue of that circle then got attributed to the ring, to a bracelet, to an anklet, necklace, and that's how it kind of came to us. The first degree in Freemasonry talks about the circle, keeps us circumscribed so that we cannot make mistakes or stumble from the path of righteousness. That itself is what The entire attribute of circle is. Now bring this point which Shishir spoke about and the circle and bring them together. That point is either you and the circle is the boundary which you have created around you to protect yourself from the wrong things which are around you or to protect yourself from what you should not be doing wrong. Anything. You, You can have many meanings to it. And I would actually now ask Shishir to talk more about some of these older uh, culture where this point and the circle
0: comes together and gives us some more meaning. So Shishil over to you. Thanks man. Alright so we spoke about the point and we spoke about the circle so let's bring these two together and there you have it the point within a circle. Now Reneesh mentioned that imagine yourself as being the point and the circle being You know, your limits, in essence, right? Now, we as humans, we are capable of a lot. We are capable of anything that we can imagine. It's only a matter of time when we are able to achieve that. Now, that being said, what I also personally believe, that there are certain things where we need to deliberately limit ourselves. We cannot be God. We cannot act as, you know, being equal equal to God. Simply because humans, by nature, are not perfect. Which means that somewhere, something down the line, uh, some malice, which is part of our nature, will show up and ruin everything, right? Uh, Be it greed, be it uh, selfishness, hunger for power, whatever it might be. But if you see our history, you know, these aspects underlie pretty much every major event that has happened whether it is prehistoric or whether it is modern history doesn't matter but if you look at it closely objectively you will see that human malice has colored all of this including a lot of human blood (laughs) now that being said it's important for us to always be aware of what are our due bounds for example let's say in our community, we see that there is a lot of robberies happening. I'm just taking a random example. Now, that does not mean that you turn into a Superman or a Batman kind of a, uh, you know, a vigilante and then start uh, taking law into your own hands and start beating up uh, people whom you think are the people perpetrating these robberies. There is a reason that there, uh, law, that law and order agencies exist. The right thing to do is to reach out to these agencies, report it, and ensure you hold them accountable. You also have the power to vote. So again, a power in your hands. That does not mean that you become a district collector or whatever it is and then go and start getting things done. There are elected uh, personnel out there whom you can choose to vote or not vote for and ensure that you get uh, things done through them because they are the lawful agencies, right? So that is an example of what is our due bounds. We are there in a society. We play a certain role. We can go above and beyond. There are ways and means to do it, but directly jumping into the pool is again not the way, right? So that's one example of how we need to understand what is our due bound. Now that being said, this uh, whole concept of point within point within a circle goes back uh, millennia even to the times when our ancient texts were being written, um, when Rome was still a thing. (laughs) So uh, let me give an example of, uh, you know, this one philosophy about the male and the female union. In, In the ancient history of, you know, Egypt and India, this concept had existed in a very interesting manner. And I would say, if you look at it from an objective standpoint, and just give it a thought, you will realize just what profound a meaning it represents. Now, there is one very interesting paragraph here where Rinesh has elaborated a little more uh, from an Indian context. So, Rinesh, would you like to explain that a bit?
1: Sure. Thank you very much. So, the point within the circle, right, as the ancient interpretation used to be, uh, as Shishir mentioned, it had a lot. and that symbol being a symbol had a lot of meanings to it as i said one of the meaning was that you being in the center and the world around you it is also the astronomical symbol of the sun the point within the circle and as Shishib should mention it also symbolizes the philosophy of male and female union now for example look at the shivlinga the shivlinga the lingam is an an iconic or an abstract representation of shiva Shiva signifies the male principle. The yoni on which the lingam actually resides is an, again an an iconic representation of Shakti or Parvati which was Shiva's concept. Now that signifies the female principle. Now yoni is a Sanskrit word for the womb that represents the origin of life. Now it is a circular or concave pedestal on which the ling rests. When you bring the lingam and the yoni together and just have a top view approach. What does it look like? It will be the point within a circle. And that point within a circle is exactly what it used to represent at one point of time, the male and female union. And imagine, now that symbol had this kind of a meaning. By the way, it is not that it is only in India. In Greece, the phallus and the kitties also alternatively spelled as ikhtis, represents the lingam and yoni. And you search for that and it is exactly going to look the same. This unification is the most usual mode of representing the divine union of these two sects and the sacred symbol of birth and regeneration. And when this union is viewed from above as I mentioned it is the point within the circle. Now think about it. This is what you get to see and it is not as I said it is not there only in India. It is it was found in Greece, it is found in uh, even in Egypt, it was even found in some certain parts of China. Along with this circle there are two parallel lines. Now these two parallel lines have been added recently or rather I should say somewhere in
0: Freemasonry it got added. And that I would ask Shishir to elaborate. Now we are adding on to this particular symbol and there are two tangents actually that run uh, parallel to the circle. So one on each side. That's quite interesting and this also again comes comes from the Egyptian mythology. So there these two lines are represented as the alpha and the Omega, as in God who is uh, who acts as a beginning and as an ending to it. And these two together represent an eternal or an infinite aspect of the entire symbol. Now, the circle in this case is represented by the world and all living things of that world are represented by the point within that. In the English and Scottish rituals, in fact, the northern boundary of the circle represents Moses, which is one of the lines, and the other one is represented as um, King Solomon. How are these two connected? Well, Moses is the one who got the Ten Commandments from God. He got the law that needs to be followed by people. And King Solomon is the one who administered the law. He is the one who gave a place to, you know, house those Ten Commandments. And therein, you have the beginning and the ending of how these two, you know, pair in together and create the entire symbol. Now, there's another aspect to it. In uh, in some of the countries, Freemasonry actually has patron saints. So one of the lines on the right, uh, sorry, the one on the left is representing St. John the Baptist and the one on the right, St. John the Evangelist. How do they pair in together now? Well, it's kind of like this. John the Baptist announces the arrival of Jesus, the beginning, whereas John the Evangelist was the last of Jesus's Apostles. So again, the beginning and the end. And the feast of St. John the Baptist falls on the summer solstice. And the feast of St. John the Evangelist falls on the winter solstice. That's important as well because in some cases, these two parallel lines are said to represent the limits of the sun's northern and southern declinations. If you see a globe, you'll have a Tropic of Cancer and Tropic of Capricorn. Well, that is what they seemingly tend to represent. And... Finally, we come to a very interesting part, which I think Rinesh should explain here. So, Rinesh, why don't you talk about how did this entire symbol uh, become relevant to speculative masonry? How did this
1: symbol come to speculative masonry needs to be understood from the operative perspective. Now, why is this symbol so important? Now, imagine the operative masons, right? Now, they obviously have tools. Now, these tools are supposed to be accurate because otherwise they will not be able to work on the building. Now that's how your standardization works. In today's date, yes, whenever I go to a shop and buy a ruler, I know for a fact, if I'm obviously buying it from a genuine company and a perfect good good company, I know that the ruler is going to show me proper centimeters, inches, meters, whatever those things are. And they work based on a standard which had been kept for them. These standards were there available in nature. So I'll just give you a quick simple example. Draw a circle. The point within the center is also there. Now draw a line which crosses through this center. Now draw a point anywhere on the circumference of the circle. And then you draw the line from one point of the circle to that new point which you have drawn. And then another line to the other end of the circle. I know it's a bit difficult to see but that is exactly what you will be able to figure out that when you draw this you get a triangle in the middle. And that triangle my friend is a right angled triangle. And it was by this means that an operative mason tested its working tools, thus making it impossible for their tools or their work to materially err. And from there, that word materially err, or from there, the point where we are testing our working tools, we are testing ourselves that this is how it needs to work out, has been brought into speculative masonry. The point within a circle is a constant reminder for us that that is how we need to make sure that we measure our life, our work in today's situation, in today's place where we are. Maybe it is our personal life, maybe it is our work life, but we need to be very careful about that so that we do not make those mistakes. In conclusion of this paper, what I wanted to point out, the interpretation of any symbol has an esoteric meaning to it. The same should not be overlooked, but should be chased and understood. There might be multiple explanations to the point within a circle. But sometimes the simplest explanation that connects with me is that this, in this symbol, the point represents the individual person and the circle is the boundary of his duty to God and to man. Beyond which a brother or a man should not allow his passion, prejudices or interest betray him. Whatever you are able to put an explanation to any symbol, Make sure that you work on it, expand on it, and make it your own. Shishit, over to you.
0: Very well, Putrinish. And thank you so much for sharing this paper, not with, uh, not just with me, but also with the broader world. And folks, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, anyone who's interested, feel free to write to us and we would love to share it with you. Stay tuned till the next episode comes up. This is me, Shishir, signing off. And Vinesh, take care. And that's a wrap. We thank you for your time and hope that we have been able to present to you the true light of masonry in yet another way. Please continue to watch out for more episodes from The Ashler's by subscribing to our channel on most of the popular podcasting platforms. Links are in the show notes and also feel free to email us at theashlerspodcast at gmail.com Your encouragement is what keeps us motivated above all. As proud hosts of India's first and only free Masonic podcast we wish you all the very best and until next time The Ashlers signing off.